0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Gishay, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's episode is with Meredith McDaniel, author of In Want and In Plenty. And today we're talking about the similarities between us Today and the Exodus Israelites, and the things we can learn from their story of wanting, crying out to God, and their experience with manna. Meredith, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it. I know. This is our uh, third attempt at an <laughs> interview. We've been trying to do this for four months now. Oh, so crazy. But those always end up being some of my favorites and I really not to hyper spiritualize something five seconds into an interview but I really think that the ones that are really impactful are the ones that the enemy tries to thwart the hardest
1: I believe it I do he doesn't want us to have good conversations about light and joy and all the good things of the world especially when the world is in a crazy state so I'm
0: with you on that girl uh so introduce yourself tell us about yourself and what you do, and then also about your book, In Want and In Plenty.
1: Yeah, well, I am a counselor here in North Carolina. Uh, my husband and I have three kids that are all elementary aged, which we can talk about this later, but I don't know if I'm cut out to be an elementary mom. <laughs> I love the little years, and I think I'm actually looking forward to middle and high school because we do high school ministry with Young Life, um, which mm. is just you know outreach ministry for um, you know various ages and we've got college leaders so you spend a lot of time you know in that age range but this elementary wow mm-hmm. you know they, they want to be with me every second i'm an mm-hmm. introvert and um you know they've got all their silliness and their little personalities are coming out it's 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 good and it's hard you know yep. both yep. um and so i've written this book also that's a little bit about both and as well called in want and plenty and Uh, I just, over the years, sitting with a lot of different counseling clients, sitting with people that we interact with with ministry and even friends, you know, on my porch, uh, I feel like this constant um, theme just has been emerging, which is that we are just all longing. You know, we all want something more and we're never really satisfied here on earth. And so I have used the Exodus narrative as a lens through which to kind of explore not only, um, our own story and our individual aches and lament that we have in our life, but also kind of zooming out on the bigger narrative and that bigger, uh, story that we are all a part of.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I love, love, love that you've woven the Exodus story and and Moses and the Israelites into your book, because I, I talked about this on an interview recently about how I just in the last maybe year started reading the old Testament <laughs> and yeah. because it seems either scary or inapplicable or confusing sure. or all of the things. And I started with Moses. I started with, you know, him and for me it was him and his burning bush and his perceived inability to do what God was asking him to do and then that kind of leads you into learning about Israel and you're I mean for me at least I'm reading Israel going oh it's me I am Israel Israel is me you know and so what is it about the plight of Moses and the Israelites that holds meaning for us today.
1: Yes. Well, you just nailed it. I actually watched that show the other night with my little guy who loves to bake. And that show is so weird and yet so funny. But anyways, you did nail it in saying, um, you know, we can just really relate and resonate with with Moses for one, but really the whole, um, the whole Israel nation, right? Like that is who we are. We are a grumbling, um, entitled, <laughs> uh, complaining people. And that is kind of what it looks like through their whole journey throughout the entire book of Exodus. And I wanted to circle back to what you said about the Old Testament, because I think a lot of times, You know, nowadays, we can just say, like, let's just jump to the New Testament. Let's just look at the life of Jesus. And we don't, we can just discard the rest because that's, it's dry. A bunch of people died. A lot of weird things happened. Mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments, where it's like, you know, ten things where God's saying, don't do this, which Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. I think I know a little bit about you. When somebody tells me, don't do this, like, I kind of want to figure out how I can
0: get around. 100%
1: right <laughs> I that envelope a little bit and so um yeah i just really related really and i i think that it's opened my eyes to again the richness of the whole grander narrative of the whole book of the bible you know we get to see so much foreshadowing of things mm-hmm. that happen in the early ancient days and how they inform our modern day life today so i'm excited yes. to talk about that
0: yes to
1: a little bit right instead yeah of dry thing that we all want
0: to kind of avoid at times yeah absolutely well and i think that it it colors the new testament it
1: does so
0: much so for so you know for the majority of my christian life i was hanging out in hebrews and romans and john which is great i mean there's so much wisdom to be found in those in those books but when i started hanging out in first kings and jeremiah and the samuels i felt like the new testament came to life more yes. because yes. you i mean how much can you really understand something if you don't have the whole story yeah and it's yes true. the old testament is dry and it's super duper weird and it's like <laughs> there are a lot of things that even god does that i feel like you're going uh let's like that makes them, why? But when you have the full picture, then you have a better understanding of who God is, then Jesus is even cooler. <laughs> you know, It gives
1: context, right? And it gives kind of this um sustenance to the whole story like you're talking about. And I'll be honest, I think that we're living in a time where we're asking many of those same questions right now, you know, like, God, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. Like there's, there's a lot of people sick in the world right now. There's, um, a lot of really hard and heavy things happening and, you know, you're supposed to be a good God, but why are you allowing this stuff to happen? And, you know, those, those big identity questions and like character questions of who God is they really are um, exposed in a very real way in the Old Testament. Yes. Like you said, it gives full life to just the gospel and what Jesus came to do and come to rescue us from. It gives context um, and, pu- and kind of pulls it all together for me.
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's that's the God element of it, and then you're, when you discount the old testament i love that this is the rabbit trail we've we've chosen right? <laughs> I'm so here for it when you discount the old testament you miss out on all of these people's stories as well
1: so true and, and
0: they are so stinking relatable now look does reading through chapters of genealogies really do it for me no it, it doesn't right but that but those are people and they're people that were that God used, whether we, all we got was their name or we got their whole story. And, you know, I was just talking on stories, the, my like Instagram stories the other day about David and Job and all of these people who were, you know, were recording in the midst of coronavirus. And those, I mean, there were so many people throughout the old Testament who just straight up We're crying out, God, what are we, what is happening? Why? Why have you forsaken me? Where did you go? And, man, Israel did that a ton a lot of time. They did it to themselves. (laughs) It was self-inflicted. But I think we also miss out on those people's stories as well.
1: And that they are ordinary people, right? Right. Like you and me sitting here and talking. I love that you hit on earlier that Moses didn't feel like he was qualified. And that was really what kind of hooked me with the Exodus narrative was God calls us to do certain things in our life, to use the gifts that he's given us, which I believe we all have. If we can just kind of uncover those and figure out, you know, what they are. Um, But we, we don't feel qualified because we are just these little small names in a, in a bigger story, but if it's just a, it's a mundane life in many ways, some days. Um, and to know that we have a role to play and a purpose and that we've been created for a reason and that we aren't an accident. Um, that's so encouraging to me and reminds me that, that I do have something to offer and that everybody listening has something to offer this world. Mm-hmm.
0: What I love about Moses, this is my, one of my favorite things about Moses, is his honesty. So yeah. he has this encounter with God, and God's telling him to set his people free. And instead of internalizing, oh no, I'm not, I'm not, that's no good for me. He yeah. says, wait, God, I am slow to speech. I am just this guy, you know, like he verbalizes it. And I remember reading that for the first time and feeling a little, it felt a little sacrilegious. Are you allowed to tell God that? Like, are you allowed to say that to God? But then, like, like we were just saying over and over and over throughout scripture, that is people's encounter with God. And he's so sweet and faithful to meet us in that. Yes. You know, when we let him into it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful thing to know our limitations, right? Right. We do all have different skill sets. Uh, Sometimes God calls us to lean on Him. And, you know, he has to grow us in certain areas and we have to be brave and have mm-hmm. courage and trust that he's going to provide what we need to do the thing he's calling us to do. But then there's other times where God says, I'm going to bring this other person or I've already mm-hmm. brought this other person into your life and, you know, we're going to collaborate with them and yeah. and then be able to see my purposes, um, you know, come to fruition. And so I appreciate that too, that we are we're allowed to bring it all to him and not just act like we have it all together right Right.
0: (laughs) right okay so you know how i'm a huge fan of counseling right well i recently started working with a counselor at faithful counseling and i knew i had to tell you about it faithful counseling is an online christian counseling network and it's an incredible solution for people looking to find the help they need I found the sign up process to be really straightforward. You answer some questions and you get matched with a counselor all within 24 hours. After that, you can log into your account at any time and message your counselor, plus scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. The extra bonus is that I found it to be really affordable and they've extended a discount of 10% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to getfaithful.com slash crappychristian to join the other 500,000 people, myself included, who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Head to getfaithful.com slash crappychristian for 10% off your first month and to get started. So I know another central focus of the book, which is also in line with the the Exodus narrative, is the, the concept of manna. So just in case there are people who did not grow up in Sunday school eating marshmallows, like pretend manna, <laughs> what did what was manna to the Israelites and what does that mean to God's people today?
1: Yes. Well, manna is basically just this like flaky substance. Like I think about it as like back in the day, my church had this really weird circle flaky mm-hmm. things for communion.
0: They were like t- white. The- Cardboard, yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, I what I love about the translation of the word manna is actually what is it? So even the Israelites were, you know, when it was falling from the sky or it appeared, you know, when they woke up every day, um, they were asking the same question that we're asking today, which is, what is this stuff? You know, and um, what it was was it was provision for them every day in in this simple form. You know, they weren't allowed to hoard it, which I talk about this in the book, but I would have totally been a hoarder who was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stash a little bit of extra in my pocket just in case God, you know, not really telling me the truth and telling me he's going to give me more tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to keep some over here. But what would happen is it would rot, Mm you know, hoarders, it would rot and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't get to have You know, an extra late night snack (laughs) at night, but it would reappear every day. And again, what I really relate to is um, they grow tired and weary of the manna. Eventually, Mm -hmm. when they're out wandering in the desert, they they do show their entitlement and they say you know, what if we could go back to Egypt, back to the slavery that we were experiencing? Cause that was familiar. And, um, you know, we knew what was coming and actually now can you give us some quail? Cause that sounds a lot better than this, this weird thing that you're providing for us. And we, I do that in my life every day, you know, God gives me all I need every day, but it might not be exactly what I think and what I've dreamed up. Um, yet it's enough. And I, I'm in a constant place of asking him, how can I how can I see what you're already
0: giving me? Mm, that's so good. I love that so much. I love that it was provision for that day. And that yeah. that, again, to go back to what we were talking about, is repeated throughout scripture. It is. G- give us our, today our daily bread. You know, and I feel like It's this tension, right? It's this tension between wanting to feel or needing to feel comfortable being vulnerable and coming to God's feet and crying out. Yeah. But like not being a brat about it. Right. (laughs) Which is our human nature. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. And he knows us right from the inside out. So we can't even hide what we're feeling. But mm-hmm. there's something I think healing for us when we come to him and, and reveal all of our deepest, darkest doubts and fears and lack of trust, really, because that's what it kind of all comes back to for me. Um, and then being able to say, but I'm going to surrender and I'm, I'm going to believe. Um, I, I use this image of like him having the aerial view, right? Mm. Like he can already see he can see beyond coronavirus. He could see like how he was going to split the Red Sea. Um, he already knows the end of our story and how it's all going to shake out. But we only, we have a limited view and a limited right. lens. We only see what's right here. And that's what makes me kind of flail like mm-hmm. a toddler and in, in saying like, I don't know if I trust you. I don't mm-hmm. know if I can believe you right now in this crazy world.
0: Well, and I think that that's a really important element is that, Yes, David cried out and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he follows it with, You are enthroned as the Holy One. You know, like yeah. in you we put our trust. It's again, it's this weird tension balance mm-hmm. of being authentic. Mm-hmm but not letting our authenticity Mm -hmm. push us past faith. Yeah. And we don't know how to hold both. And I think
1: that's why the title of my book was super important to me, even down to the plus symbol, because I wanted people to know, like I can hold an ache and a longing in my hand, and in the same breath, just like you were saying with David, and really ultimately Jesus on the cross when exactly. he was saying the same words, right, in his own way and his own language. Um, but yet, yeah, I do trust the abundance of God and mm-hmm. his goodness, and I'm gonna praise him Um, even out of my lack of belief.
0: Yes. You know, like,
1: God help me believe is a prayer that I feel like I have every day. Yeah. Uh, Because I can't do that in my own strength. I can't trust him in my own strength. My own strength, my flesh, my nature is to not trust and to Mm self-protect. And um, I've had to really come to terms with I can hold both and still be a Christian, right? Exactly.
0: And why are we so (laughs) incapable of having a foot in both? We've become so black and white, I think as a people in general, but as Christians, especially, we're so black and white about everything and there are there are absolutely black and whites there are definitives but i think we put ourselves and god in a box when we try to live that way versus i love that visual of holding both mm-hmm. i can hold the want and hold the plenty mm-hmm. and and know that both are real yep But that ultimately, none of that changes him.
1: Right. His character stays the same. And we see that throughout all these stories and scripture that are true and real. And um, there's a lot more mystery, I think, to our faith and a lot more gray than we feel comfortable with, like you were Mm kind of hitting on. And for me, that actually brings a lot of comfort and a lot of just life and joy because I don't have to figure it all out you know, at the end of the day, I can just kind of say like, I'm not God. I can't make sense of all of this. I'm, I am just going to kind of hang it all up and, and mm-hmm. trust it all. I mean, you know, I'm sitting in my office right now and I have people come sit on my couch and tell me their story and, you know, unload all of their ache and pain and struggle. And I could carry that, right. Mm-hmm. I can say like, I'm going to try to fix them or, you know, let's give some self-help tips and like, hopefully we can fix it. But or I can say, God, this is way bigger than me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a counselor, but, like, you're the ultimate counselor. I've got to entrust these beautiful people and their story in front of me back into your hands. So when people mm-hmm. walk out of my office, um, it's, it's them. You know, he's at work right. in my office, but he, he's got them. And to do that with our kids, we have to do that with our spouse, we have to do that with our roommates, our friends, whoever it is. Um, So it's on a micro level that we're trusting and surrendering to God. And then it's on a big global level um, that that he has us and that he holds us in his hands and that we're not slipping through.
0: Um, Yeah. What, what's your Enneagram type? What do you think? (laughs) Uh, I don't like to guess because it's always (laughs) awkward when you're wrong.
1: Um, I'm a four
0: wing five. Okay, yeah. So, because so, I was D- wondering with the character. with your answer being like the gr- I'm comfortable in the gray.
1: Yes.
0: I was like, oh, you're definitely in that like yes. heart triad area because yes, it's funny because that actually is what. And I've talked about this multiple, multiple times on the podcast, but yeah. not being able to have all of the answers, not being able to answer all of the questions is what kept me from becoming a believer for a really long time was, oh, you can't answer X, Y, Z, which means that I can't answer it. Then no, I'm not buying in on something I can't explain up, down, backwards, forward, yeah. sideways.
1: Your what number? I'm an eight. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Well, and, but what's funny is that now, because I am so confident in my faith and in who God is when, you know, I I love a good debate, love a good debate, but there are times when people come at me with questions about God or scripture or whatever that are, there are questions that are unanswerable. Yeah. There are, and I am completely comfortable and confident saying, yeah, that's where faith comes in. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't believe that we're supposed to have all the answers. There are things yeah. that we were never intended to understand and that frustrates people. And it would have frustrated me 15 yeah. years ago. It did frustrate me 15 years ago, you yeah. know, but it it's, there's, a, I mean, there is an indescribable beauty in the freedom of not having mm-hmm. to have all the answers.
1: Yes, that is the word I was just thinking. Like, it is so freeing. I mean, I, I my wing five is really strong, so mm-hmm. I love to dig into, like, research and can get so lost in these, like, you know, different rabbit trails. And at the end of all of that, you're right, there are some things, like, we just can't wrap our mind around. And I love being able to just say, like, okay, I yeah. – I don't know. I, I want to watch and see what unfolds in my life so that I can learn more. But I don't know that I'm, well, I know that I'm not going to ever be able to wrap my mind around all of the things of this
0: world. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I, so eight, their stress line is a five and mine is very, very, very strong. Like a five is my second type, my second strongest type. So yeah. I get I'm right there with you. And there are times that I come to the end of myself researching something and I have to just kind of hand it over yeah. and have the attitude of, OK, I guess I'm not going to get that one. you know. Like, <laughs> Well, I but, think that's
1: what takes us on this wild ride and journey in our lives. You know, you see that um, all the way from the beginning in Genesis, you know, when <laughs> Adam and Eve were sort of walking around in an utter freedom, right? Mm. Like naked and unashamed and this garden of Eden overflowing and the abundance of all of that. And then when, you know, when sin entered the world, that's when we sort of realized like, Oh, trying to get all that knowledge, you know, that we're talking about yeah. and that we're always seeking is the best for us. Like we mm-hmm. can't contain and hold all of that because we are not the creator and the one yes. who made it all. And yes. um, we can't hold both in the way that he can. Mm-hmm. We have to sort of hand things off at, at the end of the day, at the end yeah. of an argument or a theological discussion or whatever it may be. Um, and just again, surrender. And, and there is, there is great freedom there. I think.
0: Yeah. I love that. I totally agree. Um, so end of the episode, we do rapid fire questions. Yeah. We've already answered one of them. The first one is always, what's your Enneagram type? The second one is, what is your coffee order? Girl,
1: this is crazy. I'm going to blow your mind. You ready? Yeah. I haven't had caffeine since eighth grade.
0: Eighth grade? I know. I know.
1: And so I love coffee. However, I've really had to switch to tea, like decaf tea. Every now and then I'll get a decaf coffee, but it's got to be one that's got all the caffeine out of it. And a lot of decaf still has it. Mm-hmm. So I'm a tea girl.
0: I, well, then what's your favorite tea?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I really like this tension tamer, which feels so good in life right now. Right. Um, <laughs> mine gave me that. I'm like, give me all the taming of the tension. Yes. Yeah. Please. Um yeah I think that's probably my favorite right now but anything that's sort of not too floral mm-hmm.
0: um
1: and has a good smell and a good yeah. rich taste
0: so yeah. uh, so I don't drink caffeine either but I do drink decaffeinated coffee Yes so, What's your favorite? Um so I make my own cold brew like nice. decaf cold brew so and fancy. then I I know so so fancy I do it in a mason jar it's a whole Yes. The whole thing, and then I have like I'll just like froth up some half and half that. and put it in there and make my own cold brew.
1: Well, if we ever get to hang out, you can make me a decaf cold brew one day. Okay,
0: cool, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is: if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh my gosh! Okay, well we
1: just watched Hook last night, which oh. um, I had not watched since I was really little. So I mean, instantly, what came into my mind was flying because yeah. it just opens up
0: a whole new world. Yeah. So, fun fact, I say bangerang all the time. Oh, I
1: want to start. I think I'm going to start.
0: It's one of my favorite words. And people are always a little, like, they cock their head to the side. Did you say bangerang? I was like, yeah, I did. It's oh. pretty cool, right? And, and <laughs> almost always the reaction is, ooh, I'm going to start using that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love Hook so much. Uh, so, tell people where they can find you, follow you, and get your book
1: yeah sure well I hang out most on Instagram so that's Meredith underscore McDaniel um and then my website is just Meredith dot com and you can find everything you need I do love independent bookstores and so there's a link to some favorite shops on my website too to find the book uh but it's in all the places
0: so awesome Meredith thank you so much this was such a fun good deep conversation I knew it would be
1: mm, thanks for having me Blake really loved it